We're still in chapter six, mission number six, the famed 48 ways, and we are up to way number 22. This is the 48 ways to wisdom. Our sages, the greatest uh, wise people in history, they delineated for us 48 different ways to achieve wisdom. And way number 22 is Erech Apayim, which means slow to anger. This does not mean anger management, which is when someone is angry, how to behave, how to curb the full effect of your anger. But instead, it means to be slow to anger. Life, as we know, can be very frustrating. Not everything always goes our way. People irritate us, and we tend to react. And you say a snide comment, you say something hurtful, you lash out, you scream. Anger, to have a temper, this is part of the human experience. And in this mission, we're told that being slow to anger is a virtue. And it's also a way to wisdom. Now, it's interesting, it does not talk about the elimination of anger. It also does not refer to someone being apathetic. You know, a person could be totally oblivious to the world around them, totally insensitive, uncaring, and calloused. Someone like that is not being addressed in our Mishnah. If you just don't care about someone, if you don't care about something, if things don't bother you because you're just in a different world, that's not the virtue of being slow to anger. Being slow to anger, anger suppression, that's referring to a person who has self-control. Yes, they care, and yes, it bothers them, and yes, it irritates them, and yes, they're very sensitive to what's happening around them, but they maintain a granite self-control. When you're sensitive, when it does bother you, yet you maintain your cool, that is the quality of Erech HaPayim, of being slow to anger, and that is a way to wisdom. Now, we typically think of wisdom as something which is intellectual. And anger, none of us think that that's a virtue. And we all admire people who remain cool and level-headed and don't lash out and don't have outbursts. But that's a media, that's a characteristic, that's a trait. What does that have to do with wisdom? It's not immediately evident. So I think, just on a basic level, anger is impulsivity. When someone lashes out, when someone screams, when someone yells, when someone throws stuff, that's not a decision that they make rationally, as if like, okay, let's go through the matrix of cost-benefit analysis. What's the proper way to react? That's not anger. Certainly not quick anger. Anger is an instinct. It's a knee-jerk reaction. So anger is rooted in impulsivity. And impulsivity is the opposite of what we need for wisdom. Think about it. What is wisdom? Where you approach a subject with active thinking, not reactive behavior. Wisdom is the result of engaging in knowledge and wisdom 
in a methodical process. And if someone is quick to get angry, that means that they are very impulsive. And someone like that, impulsivity, it's not the right trait that you need to achieve wisdom. Now, it's also noteworthy. It doesn't say that a person does not get angry. Erechabai means slow to anger. It means when a person does get angry, it's not impulsively. It's not reactionary. Maybe there are times that it's appropriate to get angry. After all, we've seen the Torah, even though, of course, the Torah, when it uses descriptions of God, descriptions, finite descriptions of the infinite, it's not literal. The Torah often anthropomorphizes God, and we, of course, are trained to know that that's just speaking to us in the language that we understand. But God gets angry. Even Moshe gets angry in the Torah. So maybe there is a time, there is a place, there is a context where it's appropriate to get angry. But even if you ought to get angry, don't do it fast. Do it slowly. Do it with a plan. Do it with some calculation. The Talmud tells us that when a Torah scholar gets angry, it's actually the Torah, the fiery Torah, that's getting angry inside of them. What this means is that there's a form of managed anger. Anger can be very instructive. You want to teach a child or a disciple or a pupil or a charge something. So you could maintain a posture and external representation of anger, even though inside you're very cool, you're very calm. You can use anger as a way of messaging. And therefore, when a Torah scholar, someone who's trained to avoid impulsivity, when they get angry, it's not them that's angry, it's the Torah, meaning the instructive element of the Torah is getting angry. It's a two-faced anger. Inside, the person has not lost control, but they present themselves externally in a way that's beneficial for the recipients. They present themselves with manufactured wrath. So that's slow to anger, meaning that there's no impulsive, reactionary anger, but there can be under the right context, in the right circumstances. Now, there's a deeper point here. Why does a person get angry in the first place? What's the root of anger? The root of anger is when things don't go your way. What does that mean? It means you have your way, the way things ought to be, and something deviated from the way things ought to be. You have your view. You have your plan. You have the way things are supposed to go, the way you envision. And you are inflexible to deviations from that plan. At its root, a temper, being angry, lashing out, is the result of having only one way of viewing things and not being able to see the other side of any issue. 
When a person's consumed in their own way to the exclusion of any other way, that's when they get angry. But if you think about it, what do you need to achieve wisdom? You want to understand Torah. What does that mean? It means that you are opening yourself up to God's way. The definition of the pursuit of wisdom is to embrace ideas and themes that you wouldn't think of on your own, even things that may contradict your own way of thinking. And thus, learning to be slow to anger is the same process as learning how to achieve the means to to wisdom, because both of them are about being flexible, being open, being receptive to hearing other perspectives. When a person is so limited in only seeing the world one way, they encounter wisdom and they're unwilling to change their own way, their their own way set in stone, and they'll find a way to shoehorn whatever they learn into their pre-existing framework. And we know when it comes to Torah, that's the worst thing in the world. You take the Almighty's Torah and you twist it so that it can be compatible with your will. It's the exact opposite of what Torah is intended to do to us. It's designed to help modify and upgrade our worldview and to make our worldview compliant and in line with the Almighty's, not the other way around. Torah is there to reform the way we think. And when someone says, I'll change God's way of thinking to make it compatible with me, that's a grave violation. So trying to alter the Torah to suit your pre-existing reality is the precise opposite approach. And a person who is so consumed with their own way of thinking That will be manifested both with anger, when things don't go their way, and they won't be able to achieve wisdom because to achieve wisdom, you have to be exposed, you have to train yourself to other ways of thinking. Now, of course, there are many other benefits to being slow to anger. In our mission, we're we're talking about in the context of achieving wisdom, but in many other ways, relationships, think about it, your friends, your family, your spouse, your children, your co-workers. Anger derails relationships. It's not great for your health either. Get all agitated, get all anxious, raises your blood pressure, and it's not productive. Listen, if anger was productive... And you start screaming and throwing things. And, oh, everyone suddenly gets in line. Then maybe there's a good reason to do it. But you don't, in most cases at least, you don't actually get what you want. And everyone just looks at you and starts laughing about you behind your back. Anger lowers your stature in the eyes of others. You look weak because you cannot maintain control. It's not a sign of strength. It's a sign of weakness. Our Zetas speak very harshly about anger. Anyone who gets angry, it's the equivalent of them doing idolatry. 
When someone acts impulsively, they are bowing to a foreign master. We have the Almighty telling us how to behave. That's what a believer lives by. And when someone gets angry and they start to behave in a way that deviates from the will of God, in effect, they are following a, a different master. On a philosophical level as well, if you believe in God, but seriously, then you know that the child who breaks a dish or smashes a vehicle with a baseball bat, which may or may not have happened to us a few times, or someone cuts you off, or someone does something wrong to you, if you really believe in God, you know that that did not happen against the will of God. And therefore, maybe the Almighty wants you to have a little bit of pain. Did you ever consider that? If it's from God, why are you so mad, bro? Why are you so angry? This is what the Almighty designed for you, and we don't know why. But we know for sure that something that happens to you, there's a reason why it happened to you. And thus, when a person gets hopping mad, it's like they're doing idolatry because they're repudiating faith. Who did that to you? Who caused that misfortune to you? Why did that bad thing happen? Ultimately, it's because of God. If you get angry, you're demonstrating, you're manifesting with your behavior that you have a different viewpoint. The Talmud speaks about anger as a portal for the Yetzirah. The Yetzirah never tells a person, go do idolatry. That's not the opening proposition of the Yetzirah. It always starts off with anger. When a person gets angry, that's the beginning of the dominion of the foreign god over them. And it starts small, but it starts with anger, and eventually the Eitzhah gets more and more of a control over the person's heart, and eventually they will do idolatry. There's a progression. The Talmud tells us the book of Shabbos, page 105b. First, you act irrationally because of anger, and that's the evicting of God from within you. And once you start like that, you become submitted to the Yitzhara and you begin to obey its directives in almost a religious manner. And thus, anger serves as a portal of the Yitzhara, of the evil inclination, into man. And therefore, the Talmud tells us, a person who gets angry, all manner of Gehenom, will befall that person. Because once a person gets angry, the Yetzirah, the foreign master, now has a foothold. It's in charge. It's calling the shots. And therefore, once it's in charge, the person could do all sorts of mistakes, all sorts of misdeeds, all sorts of sins, and therefore become subject to all sorts of Gehenom. With anger, 
all manner of sin, and thus Gehenom are now bound to happen. Now, anger, and being quick to anger, is the opposite of wisdom. And this applies across the board. The Talmud tells us that there are three times when Moshe got angry. And in all three times, immediately after Moshe got angry, even though Moshe had very good reasons to get angry, he forgot a Torah law. The Talmud tells us, if Moshe, the greatest wise man we've ever had, the greatest prophet of all time, when he got angry, he forgot, all the more so us simpletons, us lay people, if we get angry, that is a blockage to wisdom. And yes, there are times where anger is appropriate and it's necessary. But even then, it has to be done properly. You have to have a plan. You have to evaluate the merits, the cost-benefit analysis of anger. And you have to be deliberate, not quick to anger, but slow to anger, slow to anger not to just blurt it out. And it has to be only external. You have to display anger, but your internal equilibrium should not be disrupted. The Talmud tells us that a person is judged by three themes, bekoso, bekiso, bekaso, which is easy to remember, with your cup, what a person drinks, with your wallet, with your pocket, how a person behaves with their money, and with their anger. We have a lot of facades. We can present ourselves in lots of different ways. But if a person's drunk, see what they do. See how they behave when their inhibitions are removed. How does someone spend their money? People could talk a big game. What Do they give charity? Do they help others? And with their anger, when you see how someone behaves when things don't go their way, you know how much self-control they have and you know who their master is. You know if the Yetzirah is in charge or if God is in the seat of their heart. The altar of Kelm, one of the great Musser masters, the student of Rabbi Israel Salanter, listen to this, you'll like this. He had a separate set of clothing that he would put on when he wanted to get angry. We react with anger. What does it mean to be slow to anger? Everything's calculated. It's deliberate. So he would say, oh, I have to put on my anger clothing. He would disrobe, put on the special anger clothing. Okay, now it's time. Now it's appropriate for me to present myself with a posture of anger. That's what it means to be slow to anger. Now, of course, this demands that we learn to tolerate a degree of pain, learn to accept frustration. That's why it's not so easy. We, by default, we have our way, and then when things go off the path, we get frustrated. Being slow to anger demands that we learn to accept that. In Hebrew, the word for patience and the word for suffering is the same. Why? Because patience means to to tolerate when things are not going your way. What does that mean? It means to suffer. 
It's not easy, but it's very valuable. And again, in many different ways. The portal of the Yetzirah is anger. Unbelievable. And our relationships can be destroyed by renegade, runaway anger. And yes, there is the time and place for it. But if we want wisdom and we want to have a robust life, a productive life, it behooves us to learn to be slow to anger, to have anger suppression. I hope you enjoyed. My email address is rabbiwalby at gmail.com. I look forward to your questions, your comments, and your feedback.